This is the Fit Fun Father podcast with your host, Michael Sobkew. In the podcast, we dive deep into health, fitness, and the ultimate goal to be the happiest person you can be. Growing through adverse, challenging times to prosper through and take the learnings of the challenges we faced before and after and throughout our lives. People, this is an exciting podcast with a multitude of fantastic guests, topics, how-tos, everything you need to help improve your life one step at a time. What's going on, everybody? Thanks again for joining the Fit Fun Father podcast. On this episode, we have Matt Mullen on the episode, ex-professional rugby player who has transitioned into coaching youths in the rugby um, space, as well as his own personal fitness journey from the um, body composition of a rugby player to where he is now. We also dive into his um, starting and progress into the online fitness space, trying to help as many people as he possibly can an extraordinary individual very humbling I thoroughly enjoyed this interview with Matt it was fantastic him and I have a lot of relatable similarities in some of the things that we've been through even though we are both from completely different walks of life Um, but I really 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 enjoyed this one you guys I think you're going to get a ton of value out of this I hope you enjoy it. Leave a comment or review. Tell me what you thought. And I would love to get on a one-on-one call with you to answer any of the questions you may have. Um, Or you can get on with Matt. I will leave all the information uh, as I normally do into the show notes. So without further ado, from Front Row Fitness, Mr. Matt Mullen. What's going on, Matt? How are you doing today? Thanks again for uh, joining me on my fabulous podcast. How, no worries. Thank you. I'm how, feel privileged. Yeah, appreciate it, man. How was the day going so far? Good. It's seven o'clock here, ten past seven here. It's dark and miserable. It's been raining most of the afternoon and um, long day today. I'm working in a school, so I've just got in actually from coaching some rugby. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I've got snow on the ground here, and it's freezing, and um, I will take the rain any day. Well, mind you, you guys get a lot of rain, I think, throughout the... Yeah, I think I'll swap the rain here for snow. I'd much rather it be snow or cold. Always, per- <laughs> Always perspective. Yeah. yeah. So, Matt, uh, obviously, you're... Uh, obviously, people listening to this like, what? No, we didn't know that. No, anyway. Um, rugby, ex-rugby player, uh, you are now in the uh, online coaching space. Before we kind of dive into all that, just kind of give me a background uh, as to where you started, um, obviously, in the professional game of rugby and and kind of how it led to where you are now. So I uh, played rugby at school. I went to a school that didn't play soccer or football. Um, So I had to throw myself into rugby and for some reason ended up being quite good at it without really knowing why or how. And then through the age groups at school, got selected to play for England at under 16s. And then the professional clubs keep an eye on you from there and drag you into the academy. So every school holiday, 
from the age of 16 to 18, I was down at my local professional club, which was Worcester Warriors. And then the day I left school in the summer, um, when I was 18, the next Monday, two days post leaving school, I went straight into a, my first professional contract. Um, played for about eight years at Worcester Warriors, nine years, Worcester Warriors including academy time. And then signed for a club that were based in London called Wasps and had six seasons at Wasps. Awesome. So how, what, what led you to get out of the rugby game? Is it just kind of injury? Was it something you just wanted to change or? Uh, there were quite a few reasons, actually. I had, um, I had quite a severe knee injury that I had a big, I actually had two operations, but the second was a big one to try and fix. Um, I was going through a bit of a bad time personally. I went through a divorce which really affected me. I'd kind of, um, I had been fortunate enough to play for England across my career. Um, I got 17 caps for England and I felt like I'd missed the, the window to do that with the World Cup that's just finished. I was out the reckoning. I wasn't going to get fit in time to push my case. And that was a huge motivator for me during my career. And then when that gets taken away from you, I struggled to get that same desire and fight to, to keep going. So I think a combination of things like the injury, the mental toll of dealing with injuries, what was going on in my personal life, and that huge driver of mine felt like it had gone slightly. So I took it upon myself to um, to leave rugby and try and pursue a career in, in the big bad world of what we call in, in the sports world, we call real life. You know, I, I listen to that and I think, okay, so I spent 20 years in, in, in a job I hated for the most part, those listening. Um, and then, you know, getting out was all about timing for me and then, and then driving towards something that I really wanted to do, but coming from the sports world, I mean, you were in something you love to do. I mean, you love to play rugby. And then when you kind of, kind of that come to that realization, like, how do you mentally handle something like that? I've always been curious, like, you've done something you've loved. You've, you obviously enjoy uh, the sport. And then you, you come to a realization, okay, I've got to move on. How do, you, how do you cope with that mentally? Especially with all the other stuff that you've been kind of dealing with at the same time. Yeah, so I think, um, obviously, you don't think about it there and then and make the decision. There's quite a long time period. I was actually out injured for... I don't know, seven or eight months post-operation and I hadn't got back fit. And what happened was the club got to the point where my contract was out and they were starting to talk to me about whether I wanted to stay. So it naturally progresses into, if you don't want to stay, would you like to leave now? That sort of thing. So you kind of get forced into the situation of thinking about it. And also combined with that, I, I've i always had ambitions to, to teach or to coach in some capacity post-rugby. And with the way that the rugby season finishes in May, June time and schools in England start their, their year in September, it kind of naturally fitted. If I'd have waited all the way till June, July time, I'd have probably missed the window to try and get my foot in the door at a school. So it was a lot of, um, it's a big risk on my part to turn around to the club and say, do you know what? I'm not going to stay and don't know if I'll get back fit. I'm going to try and do the honourable thing and we'll leave on good terms and I'll leave early to help you out. Um, but I then tried to go and get a job in a school, but real life is hard. Like you're up against people that have had experience for 10, 15 years, been to university, done 
the exact opposite to what I've done. And then I'm coming out almost like a graduate or fresh out of school. And you're trying to apply for positions that people have got 15 years experience in the industry and schools are a bit dubious about what you can actually offer. So it was, it was hard going for three or four months coming out of rugby. That real life scenario is completely different to being, I mean, you turn up for work and you've got all your laundry done and you get your boots washed and you get told where to be and what to wear and you go home early and you've got all your meals cooked and all of a sudden you're sat at home thinking, this is on me now. You got to fend for yourself. Basically. Yeah. Tell me what that's like transitioning from a player to now coaching, um, you know, in a school. Obviously, you're co- what age group are you coaching? So I do a whole broad spectrum, but I actually take the under 15s, uh, okay. the team on my own, um, which I love. I absolutely love. I think, I think it was, it's a nice space for me to be away from the professional game or from adult rugby where there's more pressure. Um, I thoroughly enjoy trying to help people develop and learn and hence why my true passion is trying to get into the fitness space and help people with their own lives. But at the moment, it's filling a, a nice void for me doing the, the rugby stuff. Um, you get to sit, the kids are like sponges. Um, ask them to stand on their head and tell them it make them a better rugby player and they'll probably try it. But Because uh, I'm at a rugby mad school as well. So rugby is quite important for the kids. Um, but just to see them try and implement some of the things you're trying to help them with and use some of the things that I've been exposed to across my career um, and see the benefit and the joy that it can bring to them is, is huge. Cool. Yeah. I definitely want to dive into like your personal fitness and the kind of the business side of things. Before we do that, um, I want to kind of go into um, going from a player, going to a coach, big transition, um, what do you tell anybody listening to this who's kind of maybe on the fence of making that decision on their own? Maybe they're coming from a one spectrum or maybe a, they're playing a sport and they're, you know, getting ready to transition to something else. Yeah, I think uh, I heard a lot of people say that had retired before me that when you know, you know. And I think I'm, I'm a firm believer. That I, I know my own convictions. I trust myself. And if I've made a decision, I tend to go full heartedly with it. So I, I, I knew deep down it was the right decision. Yes, it's been tough since. But I've also been lucky enough to surround myself with really supportive people, whether it's my immediate family, my partner, or like I said, my own journey with fitness to try and help me in a, in a, from a mental side of it. I've actually, I'm not too proud to go and seek help and get mentors or coaches myself. And I think that would be my biggest piece of advice, whether it's, trying to get some job work experience in the new industry you're going to go into or go and pick people's brains sitting off of the, to buy them a coffee or lunch and sit and pick industry experts. Like I rang some people that I was fortunate enough to get put in touch with in the fitness sector and just one or two conversations can offer you a, a great insight into whether it's truly for you or a way in or how best to do it. And I think, um, that would be my biggest piece of advice. Go and seek that knowledge from experts or surround yourself with the right type of people. Yeah, that's, I, I say that all the time, like your support network is going to be, you know, your make or break in, in some facets because um, there's nothing worse than trying to achieve something and everyone around you is pulling on you to, oh, you can't do that or you're not capable of doing that or whatever that may be. Um, it's always easier when those around you are, are supportive and, and help. Um, 
as a father, you're a father as well. How do you juggle um, the transition, what you're doing now and, and with the family life? And I know, think you and I have similar situations as we've both been through the, the, the divorce thing. And, and obviously that's crippling uh, emotionally, financially. Um, you know, it's not easy thing to go through, especially, uh, you know, when we set aside time for our kids and we don't may not see them as much as we want. Kind of give me a rundown of what that looks like and, and kind of how, how you ba- balance that as well. Yeah. So, um, my kids mean so much to me. I mean, they were one of the main drivers of trying to play rugby things like growing up, imagining running out for England with my children in the stands watching. But that was, that's what my whole mindset was about playing rugby. Um, trying to give them memories or having them young so when they're at school they can talk to their kids about what their dad does and that sort of thing. Um, so the other aspect of it to have children young was while I was playing rugby, you get a lot of free time. You can't train flat out for professional sport 24-7. So you get shorter days, you get days off in the week, you get a day off post the game to recover from the game. Um, so your time's a lot more flexible. Um, obviously your weekends are taken up, but you get a lot more access to your children, things like doing the school run in the afternoon. So I got to see my children a lot when I was playing and then combine it with a divorce, which you said you're completely right. It's way more crippling emotionally than I ever would have imagined. Uh, it really hit me hard. Um, but then combine coming out of professional sport and into what's deemed a normal job. Um, I don't see my children anywhere near as much as I'd like to, if I could. And some of it's because of my divorce and the situation there, but some of it's also the reality of life that jobs have certain hours and they don't always allow you access to see your children. So I've, I'm finding it very hard. And that's one of the reasons that I'd love to try and get front row fitness off the ground if I could. Yeah. And to ultimately spend more time. And I can tell you, um, you know, in the later stages, obviously my, my son is a little bit older. Um, you know, my divorce is a little bit maybe older. Um, and when I went through a similar uh, experience, I found really at the end of the day, what kind of really got me through it was making sure that you, you're you doing the right thing. And I think, um, you know, just by interacting with you and, and watching what you're doing on social media and where you've come, you're definitely on that path. And I think if you just stick with it um, and know the underlying um, reason as to why you're doing it everything works out uh in the end and i truly believe that because i had many days where um you know i'd get a phone call from the ex-wife or how you know this my son would you know hear things and 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 not want to talk to me and be angry as to why i wasn't there and all these different floods of emotion or he'd see me and he was glad to see me and and all these things came up came about and it was very difficult for me to handle, but I knew that if I just continue to do the right thing, continue to per, pursue what made me happy, pursue um, my dreams and my goals, that it would come around for full circle. And now, you know, I have the, the, the privilege and I'm so grateful to, you know, be the sole provider for him, which has its own challenges. But, um, you know, I didn't do anything special other than and work on myself. So good on you for, for where you are and where you're going. And, um, any other, any other tidbits 
for anybody else listening that may be in that situation? No, I think what you just said there right at the end about trying to make yourself the best version of what you can be first. I spent a lot of time either feeling sorry for myself or hating the world. And I let myself get into a really, really dark place for a long time. And it's only since coming from such a low that you start to reevaluate yourself first. I did a lot of reading and listening to people about how to do that. And one of the big things I try and do every day is try and make myself as good as I can be first. And I think that's what my whole drive of being a coach, whether that's rugby or lifestyle or fitness or nutrition, whatever it is, it's about trying to help somebody on their journey of trying to make themselves better. If you can just offer some support or guidance in some way, then because I've been where I've been, I, I feel like I'm in a good place to try and help somebody achieve what they need to. Yeah. And, and coaching, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of years trying to do things on my own and I, you know, get into the coaching space and realizing the importance of a coach. Um, I reached out to kind of Dan and Chris this morning even, and, you know, I've had a rough week and I just basically said to him, like, I don't feel like I normally do. I don't feel like I, I want to do um, the things that I'm normally doing and that's okay. You know, that's just an, an area that I'm at currently. I know I can get out of it and uh, not to be too hard on myself because I'm, I'm so grateful to have such a, a good support network around me. And, and I think people need to realize too, when they're, when they're looking for, you know, in their fitness journey or advice on life, if you did, if you could do it all on your own, you would have done it already, right? You know, no different than you in rugby. You had a coach. You had multiple coaches, I'm sure, that, you know, guided you through that process. If if I just handed you a ball and said, go, you probably wouldn't be or wouldn't have gone where you are. It's because of those coaches that that help you um, achieve those things. And and in your own fitness journey, obviously, we'll, we'll kind of dive into that. Uh, kind of give me a rundown of where you were. Um, I know you've, you've kind of lost a, a lot of weight. You're looking amazing shape by the way, and kind of how you got to there. And then we'll flip into how you started the, the business and, and where you're going with your coaching. Yeah. So playing the position I had to play is uh, in the front row, uh, loose head prop for people that don't really understand that or Americanize. It's kind of a bit like an offensive lineman. So we're at the front in the scrum. Um, you have to be, a certain size and shape and I think naturally I was probably on the small side so I was always encouraged to get bigger and a lot of the time in rugby um, because it's not that it was professional for about 20 years or so a lot of the advice from people that were playing at the coaching now was from the amateur days so it'd be like go and eat some fish and chips or eat more food not really the scientific reasoning of how to do it or how to do it properly and also because you're playing games for 30 or 40 weeks in a row you don't have enough time to do it properly because you can't do enough weight you're also on the field running around so you can't so I was always encouraged to get bigger and throughout my career I got as high as 118 kilos which is about 260 pounds yeah um, yeah so just before I retired it was quite close I'd never been that heavy until towards the end of my career and um, yeah since retiring in January I'm I've lost about 26 kilos. I don't know what that is in pounds. It's over 50. That's yeah. That's 50 some pounds. That's a lot of weight. Yeah, 50, 57 pounds. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, some of it was kind of by accident really. Um, 
when I finished, I spent a couple of months dossing around, feeling sorry for myself and ate and drank way too much and definitely changed shape, not necessarily weight, but changed shape because the muscle mass was going down, body fat was going on. And then I kind of had this light bulb moment of I need to turn my life around. I got to Easter. We had a big Easter party for bank holiday weekend over here. And that Monday put everything to one side and just went on this little voyage and I've lost all this weight since. That's awesome. Um, kind of. So then let's tie that into how you met Chris, how you got into the mastermind and then ultimately um, where you're, where you're going with, with your, your business and your journey now. Yeah. So I spent a couple of months uh, training hard and trying to eat on a calorie deficit, uh, doing it myself on my fitness pal, really with my partner. We both did it. I think that's been huge for both of us to do it together. Um, we've got the support of each other and we're trying to achieve similar goals. So, uh, we did that for I don't know, eight, 10 weeks. And then we thought, why not try a coach? So we researched a coach, found a lady online. She helped us on a 12 week program. And because we've been in calorie deficit for a while and I was starting to feel small, I actually did some research. I've been listening to Chris on his podcast uh, while walking the dogs and things. And I said to my partner, Joe, I was like, I think we need this guy's help. Um, he's very scientific. I like working that way. I like the detail of what we're doing. And I also like the opportunity to ask why. Um, he came across really well in his podcast, but it's also things like how to build lean tissue properly. And if we had any ambition of going into the fitness sector, I wanted to try and either experience it myself or get taught how to do it properly by somebody. So I actually approached Chris to try and reverse diet and try and grow some lean tissue and get tiny bit bigger and feel a bit more myself rather than just small and like I'd lost a load of body fat and muscle along the way. Uh, and then within two video calls, he heard our ambition for life and what we'd like to achieve from a fitness point of view combined with trying to get into the sector. He was like, right, let's get you in the mastermind straight away. And I think after that second call, I think I was straight into the cover model program that night actually, and then into the mastermind the next day. And that's been about three weeks, just three and a half weeks, maybe maximum. And we've launched a business on the back of it. Which is, which is completely awesome. Like It's completely awesome. And to think, because, you know, you're saying that you contacted them and you're feeling not, not quite yourself or you're having a bad time. We did something similar. But then as soon as they say, well, you've done this, this and this, and that, that confidence that you get from them seeing it and then them saying how well you've done, Again, it comes back to that relationship with a coach. That extra pair of eyes or that extra guidance and reassurance along the way can just change your mood in an instance. Oh, 100%. I just did my check-in with Wade, and I'm sure he's reading it right now uh, thinking, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, because I was brutally honest on it. And, uh, you know, and that's the, the other thing, too, is, is, you know, as a client, um, I think it's important that we, we give our coaches that honesty and, and anybody listening who's looking at signing up with a coach, uh, we understand that this is a journey um, to get people to, under, to have the tools to, to stay fit for the rest of their lives. It's not just a quick fix. It's just not a quick, oh, here's a 12-week program and then when you're done, well, figure it out. You know, yeah. it's, it's that, that mindset and that mental thing. And, and I think it's important to people, people think to like, they, they, sometimes they look at, 
their fitness, like it's got to be perfect. It's got to be on point. I got to get on a treadmill. I got to do this. I got to work, you know, and it really isn't like that. It's, it's just making small incremental changes throughout, you know, the journey and, and helping yourself. I recently, um, you know, had a conversation with my dad, who's type two diabetic. And, you know, he, he sat with the doctor and the doctor's like, you know, I'd love you to lose 15 pounds. And my dad goes, Oh, okay. Well, what would you like me to do? And the doctor's like, I don't know, lose 15 pounds, you know, and that's where we come in. That's where us coaches can, it can help and facilitate, you know, getting people to those, um, to those goals. Kind of give me a rundown of with your business. What do you, who are you targeting? What's your kind of demographic, uh, your niche and, um, what do you hope to gain out of that? And kind of where you see yourself maybe let's say a year from now. Yeah. So I think, Firstly, the way I see myself positioning it is uh, using my experience from elite sport, uh, not necessarily drills and uh, training aspects that I've used uh, and definitely not niche towards just rugby people. Um, I'd like to think that uh, through encouragement and practice of those environments, I can help people achieve things that they never thought possible. And I've actually noticed that with some of the clients already, whether it's a middle-aged lady like the progression they can see from lifting weights properly and spending time in a gym and, and their confidence growing. So it doesn't have to be top end, but I think it's just about accelerating that process for somebody's already in that fitness journey and showing them the light of what they can achieve. But combined with that, my partner's on board in this business as well. And I think she's positioning herself. She went, she's lost about four and a half stone herself across a, a prolonged period of time now. She's, completely changed our outlook on life through being fitter and more mobile and uh, emotionally the attachment with food so I think she's she's found a bit of a niche with ladies that are starting that journey particularly moms at the moment that are dealing with life and combining that with children um, like the other day we had um, a client say I've had a terrible day I've got to take the kids out for dinner. I literally can't sit in the house any longer what can I have and it's like you said, it's not about being picture perfect, but it's about how best they can fit things into their life. So I think they ended up going to McDonald's and it was how best can I survive through a McDonald's to stay near my calories yeah. without completely ruining my day. And that, that's what, even just having that conversation, instead of her going and ruining what she thinks is a whole plan, she then feels more comfortable and confident to go and change her day and her mental outlook and still try and stay on plan. And I think that's what being online or having access to your coach rather than a PT for an hour in a gym and then close the door and you go home. That's the difference. That care and that attention and that support network around you. Yeah, because it's really, it's a, it's all mindset. I, I said this on the last podcast I, I just did, um, uh, kind of on 21 suggestions for success, kind of funny story behind that, but uh, I, you know, it, it really has nothing to do with the diet plan or the exercise. It's your mindset because you can, you can get those things. Um, you can go to Google and get those things. You know, you, you can, you can access a, a diet plan or like you say, go to my fitness pal and put yourself in a, a caloric deficit. And if you're kind of an analytical kind of person, you can, you can measure that stuff and you, you could do it. But what happens when life happens and things come up in your life that you don't know how to deal with. And really, 
when you have a coach in the mix, um, that, that's the guidance. That's them helping you through those times and, and giving you the tools to kind of succeed. And, and I think, you know, it's like anything. Every human being is different. There's no set diet. There's no set this. Um, you know, women differ from men. You know, the way you get to point A to point B may be the, the way, a different way that I may do it. Um, and we just, I think, spend too much time concerned about what everybody else is doing that we kind of forget about our own journey and the way we get to that, those goals. I mean, how often as a heavy, you know, as a, a someone who used to be heavy, used to look at guys, you know, just shredded and be like, Oh, I can't get there. I don't know. You know, they did this or it was drugs or it was this and, and not knowing that really at the end of the day, um, I am where I am and, and my progression and the way I get there is completely different. So yeah, it's, that's awesome. And, um, and kind of what you guys are doing and, and, you know, making that transition out of professional sports, you know, going through injury, going through divorce, which is not easy and, and, and bound to that emotional outcome uh, with your kids um, and now going and teaching and then now doing your own business. Like your, your plate is full, dude. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But, but in the same sense, you're spending probably most of your waking time um, strategizing and doing everything you can to help somebody else. And no different than, you know, you agreeing to come on this podcast. This is going to benefit so many people and obviously the people um that listen to this from my viewpoint but also from your your viewpoint because you know we can take this and you can take this and share it with for the people that um on your end and and same with me and i think really at the end of the day trying to touch as many people as we possibly can um is easier on the online space like you said and having that availability all day, every day, and not just one hour, you know, or three times a week with a, with a fitness trainer in the gym provides so much more value, so much more value. Yeah. I think like you just said, I think it's trying to touch as many people as you can and have some small impact in their life. Um, if you can help somebody achieve something, whether it's happiness or moving more or losing weight or getting to a desired goal of lifting X amount or whatever it is for that person. If you can play some small part, even if it's just having a conversation with them and it doesn't become a 12, 16 week plan or relationship. I just feel like having been to rock bottom, I just feel like life is about helping other people because I wouldn't be here without the help of other people. And I mean that like things got really serious for me. And if I hadn't had certain people in my life at that particular moment in time. So I, I've, I've just tried to work on myself whilst trying to help other people and just do what you can to try and help in some small way. And it sounds, it sounds really stupid. Like you saying about coming on here and it might touch one person. I don't really see it like that initially until you say it out loud. Yeah, And then you think, well, it makes it all worthwhile. If it's one person listening to this and they can take something from it, then that's what it's all about. And that's the crazy thing is, is you, you get on these platforms, uh, you, you know, you make a post, whatever it is that you're doing, 
someone's going to be in their car at the right opportunity, at the right moment, and they're going to be listening to this and they're going to resonate with you and they're going to understand and they're going, shit, I'm in that exact same spot right now. And you're right. It may not, you know, turn into a coach client relationship. It may not even turn into a phone call. It could just be, they put a smile on their face in that particular moment and they took something from you and they applied it to their life. And then down the road, they use that and they give that advice to somebody else and so on and so forth. So by touching one person, you may actually inadvertently touch 10, you know, a hundred, a thousand people. And I think when we put life in perspective that way, um, it's an awesome thing. And for those people who, you know, maybe have a, a take mindset, you're going to get a whole lot less than a giving mindset. And it's, it's so true. When you put yourself out there and you give to others, the stuff you get in return, it's, it's, it's maddening. It is. It's huge. And you, you're joking about long hours and tough days and stuff, but then all it takes is one client check-in or one conversation or someone being really appreciative of the help that you've offered them. And you know, it's coming from a genuine place and it makes waking up at 4.30 in the morning and sitting doing programs or going to bed at 11 o'clock after the cardio that Wade set you. And you're thinking, that's a long day, but it's actually been worthwhile just because that one text message that's come through from somebody, a lady that's genuinely, like, she, I don't know, whether she's lost four pounds or she's hit 10,000 steps for the first time or whatever it is, and you know it's come from their heart and you, you're actually getting thanked for it, that's what makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, no, hundred percent. It's there's there's nothing better than that, and and getting that feedback, and and we need that as well. I know. I sometimes I, as a coach, burden myself to be somewhat. I don't want to use the word perfect, but I, I set you know to set an example to be a, a positive outlook to others. But I tend to always forget that the reason that a lot of people resonate with me is because I'm not perfect and that I'm a human being like everybody else. And I kind of have to sometimes adjust that and be like, okay, Mike, relax. Um, you know, step down off that pedestal for a second and just, and just chill out. You're a person too. And you need that just as much as the person that's looking up to you. And, um, it's so important and I can't stress it enough. Um, you know, that we it's need that. Funny you say that Cause, uh, I've never had, Instagram until joining the mastermind. So I've had Instagram for about three weeks. And every time I go to post something, I literally sit there and it takes me about 10 minutes to press the post or to whatever the button is. And it's purely the judgment side of it. What are people going to say about this? How are people going to respond to this? Do I look stupid for putting this on? And it's a massive hurdle in my own head just to um, get over it, like you said, get over yourself a little bit and then try your hardest to think about why you're doing it. It's coming from a good place. And even if there is a mistake in there or someone picks it apart, if it touches one person in a positive, then that's exactly what it's there for. Yeah. You know, I, I, I look at that part of it and I, I always say to myself or now, I mean, I, I, I never did this before is, if you post something genuine and you, you provide that vulnerability and, and just who you are and somebody judges it, I almost feel sympathy towards that person because they probably are in a whole lot worse spot than you are. Um, and I try my best. I, I, and it's, it's easier 
said than done. But I genuinely mean this when I say this is like, I really couldn't give a shit what anybody else thinks. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I put these, the last podcast I did, um, I got to the end of it and I could barely speak because I, it, it was, it touched me in a way that it got, I got emotional. It was, um, don't do anything that wouldn't make your mom proud. And I had this moment where I, you know, I kind of teared up and listening back on it, you know, some people are going to be like, holy shit, this guy just in the middle of a podcast trying to sound as professional as he could starts to cry. But that's just my vulnerability. I, you know, I don't really care. Um, that's just me and that's who I am. And if you resonate with that, great. And if you don't, you don't. So I think the biggest thing, and for those listeners out there who are, you know, looking to make a change, who gives a shit what anybody else thinks, you know, the people that are in your life and support you are going to have your back no matter what you do, no matter what decision you make. So just, you know, go ahead and make it. Yeah, it's funny because it doesn't happen in every aspect of my life. Say, for example, I'm going out to a social event and my coach has said you can't drink or you can't eat X, Y, and Z. Like in that context, I, I'm exactly the same as you. I couldn't give a shit if someone sat there saying, oh, just do this or do that or why are you doing that? Because I know that if they really wanted me to be happy and achieve my goals, they would support me. Yeah. And my goals at that point mean more than that person taking the mick out of me. But I don't know if it's because Instagram's new or because it's going to reach so many people or whatever it is. I've just got this hang up about Instagram and I don't know if it's because I'm trying to be cool or trying to post stuff that's relevant or whatever it is, but it scares me. I don't know why. Yeah. Some, I mean, for me, it's more, uh, I don't, the quality part of it. I don't like, I look at some of the people, some of the posts, some of them are really professionally done and, and people are kind of, um, they've got their own thing. And I, me, when I post <laughs> just like, I don't even put any prep into it. I don't put anything into it. I just do it. And, and it goes even with the podcast, you know, I, you know, people, Oh, Mike, you're, you're doing all these podcasts and stuff. I really don't, do a whole lot prior to it you know uh you you sent me a voice message you and I talked for 10 minutes and then we get into it like it's really it's it's raw it's it's it vulnerability it's what it is and I think that's what people want to hear um I don't do the scripted thing I don't really I don't buy into that I don't want to do that I want to let the conversation go where it goes and, and what comes of it is, is genuine. And, and, um, and I, it's just fascinating to me. So uh, I'm really, really glad you came on the show before we kind of wrap things up. I want to, I want to ask you something. I'm kind of doing this now. Give me your ideal recipe for happiness. And I don't necessarily mean the emotion of happy, but what, completely fulfills you and drives you towards you know getting to where you want to go and and then give me and give maybe the listeners you know some advice as to how they can kind of move the needle or if they're afraid to make that first initial leap into the in their own fitness space kind of what what you would recommend they do yeah so it's a really really interesting conversation actually um so when things got really bad for me, when I started to become a bit more positive and a bit more of a better headspace, 
Um, I thought long and hard about that. And when um, I was kind of left in that wilderness of, do I have a job? Can I get a job? What industry to work in? A lot of people say to you, especially as an ex-sportsman, to, to go towards London, hit a big corporate firm, try and get your feet under the table. They like you to host events, do this, do that, and you'll get paid well. But for me, I think happiness is all about my lifestyle. When I say lifestyle, I mean things like not working in an office nine till five or hosting dinners till 11 o'clock at night, doing corporate stuff. Like I've never, ever been interested in that, ever. Like I didn't even want to go to university initially. So if I didn't have professional rugby, I'd have probably ended up in university by default because everyone else in my school went to university. Um, for me, it's always been about that freedom. One of the attractions of playing professional sport was having extra time at home or extra time to go to the coffee shop or whatever it is. So for me, happiness looks like having a successful business, doing all the stuff about helping people because that is what I truly care and believe in. It's trying to help as many people as I can. But whilst having the freedom to spend time with my kids, spend time with Joe, walk my dogs, um, I'm only on about like the flexibility of running my own schedule. I'm not on about holidays for six months a year, but just a big driver for me at the moment and something I've been clinging on to to try and stay positive and in a good headspace is try and gear my life up to to be in charge of my own time. And it's not all about the money at all. It's about my lifestyle and how that all fits into the rest of my life. I don't know if that's the right or wrong answer or what you're that, looking for. That's absolutely perfect, dude. That's that's your answer. And um, you know, that's gonna definitely mean something to somebody else. It 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 means something to me. I actually, you know, you and I have a lot of similarities. Um, just going through this podcast and listening to um some of the things that drive you and and it's it's very similar to uh some of the things that that push me and our kids are definitely number one. Um uh, no, that's why I branded fit fun father. Cause that's, it's, it's all about, you know, being a dad and, and, and that happiness to me is exactly that. It's not about the nine to five or the money, even though we need that to live. Um, I can always make it, you know, if, if this doesn't work out, I can always go get a job and make money. So why a lot of people hold on to something so insignificant or they sacrifice um, their own happiness for something insignificant um, is hard. Um, you know, it took me a long time to grasp it, but uh, it you couldn't have said it any better. Um, so, yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I'm sure the, the listeners are going to definitely get something from that. So completely awesome. I appreciate it, Matt. And what I'm going to do is uh, I will be putting all of your information in my show notes. So if you guys listening want to hear more from Matt or you want to get on a call with him, um, maybe get some coaching, uh, all that information will be in the show notes. It'll just be a quick click and it will take you right to your, your type form or your page. And um, yeah, people out there can get a, get on it and, and, get in the best shape of their lives and, and learn and grow and have that support network. So again, Matt, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you very much. Any closing words before we wrap this sucker up? No, I just, 
over the moon. I'm not really the one to to do this sort of thing. I'm normally the shy, retiring type. Um, but I've actually really enjoyed it. And it's nice to be able to share my perspective on things. And like you said, I think uh, we bounce ideas off each other because we can resonate with each other and we've got similar values. So thank you very much. No, thank you again. And, and you did awesome. And I appreciate you coming on the show. So we'll uh, for all of you guys out there uh, who, again, if you want to talk with Matt, I'm sure he would be glad to pick up the phone, uh, get a hold of him. And uh, guys, we will see you on the next one. Yo, what an amazing episode, guys. I appreciate um, having Matt on the show, and I hope you guys thoroughly enjoyed the episode. It was magnificent. Yes, magnificent. Okie dokie. Let's go into this part of the uh, the programming, the end of the programming, the worst part, the sad part. Just kidding. If you guys enjoyed the show, please leave a review, a comment, a like. If you are looking for some more information and are interested in my favorite, it's not actually, that's not what I was going to say, but my private Facebook group and my favorite Facebook group, please click the link in the show notes. If you want to get on a one-on-one call with me, maybe you just want to talk about some things that you're struggling with or the potential for some online coaching one-on-one, not only with myself but Matt as well, I will leave both of our informations in the show notes for you to check out as well as if you really love the show and you are an avid fan, there is a Patreon page. I'm collecting a little bit and giving you a little bit a little something something to improve and better the show and with that being said i'm gonna sign off until the next episode you guys have a wonderful day and we'll see you on the next one